Is there any words of wisdom, kind of nodding your head to everybody watching right now, that you would like to share? Uh, words any parting of words? Uh, God, I, I just, probably the words of wisdom that I would love to share is, is uh, some words that I kind of have followed in my own uh, path. You know, anything that inspires you, that motivates you to pursue something that you've always wanted to do or that you dreamt of, you know, follow it. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You know, if, if your focus, if your goal is to become something or someone in life, go after it. Nobody's going to do it but you. And people can uh, fill your head up with negative thoughts, but you're the one that controls that mind. And if that mind is set to reach a certain goal, you can accomplish it.
Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 203 of the Hoots Podcast, or the podcast that Hoots is yours truly, Joshy Lopez, alongside the director of operations, Brother Carter. What's going on, my man? What's up, Brother Adam? Glad to be back live this week and not live via satellite. I apologize. I had to be away last week. I was off, you know, as one does when you're the star of a major operation like the podcast that Hoots has to go off and have the meetings and appease the stockholders and all that stuff. Though we don't really have stockholders, so I really was appeasing people in an empty room. But that's another beside the point. Glad to be back. (laughs) Glad to be talking some wrestling and some other things that we're going to get into this week, which I'm very excited about, actually. Uh, Quarantine inside and um, everything going around with COVID-19. I'm glad to report everybody that I'm not looking like Tom Hanks from um, Castaway. I was kind of nervous about that once we found out that we're going to be stuck at home for this, um, depending on how long this thing's going to go. But, um, you know, beanies are a lifesaver, especially if you're going to be on camera. Nobody <laughs> wants to see me anyway, but. <laughs> oh, whatever, bro. You a sharp-looking dude like yourself? Come on now. <laughs> Give yourself enough credit now. Come on now. Welcome to the Who's Podcast. This is a wrestling podcast, but it's also a live podcast. It's a session where we shoot the shit, and uh, it's like I'm sitting next to Brother Carter, even though we're not. We are practicing social distancing, but this, this, is, the true, vibe yeah. of, this is the vibe of the show. Is uh, This is the first thing in the back porch, uh, talking about what we love about wrestling and just life in general. So I want to thank you, more importantly, for giving the show a, a chance. If this is your first time listening and you enjoy our nonsense and our shenanigans, make sure to leave us a four- or five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, helps expand and reach the show. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, more importantly. And uh, thank you for being good brothers and good sisters. We have no fans. I, I really don't believe in the fan <laughs> metric in this uh, line of work. I'm uh, not that important. <laughs> neither, neither is Brother Carter. We're not experts. <laughs> and uh, we do appreciate it. Sorry. One one more thing I do want to plug real quick, uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, that's my baby. Make sure to check out uh, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com if you don't have the time to catch up with any of your favorite wrestling shows. Either it's a money issue, internet, whatever the situation is. I, I use that website as like an ultimate point of reference for anybody that misses out the shows or just getting bad info out there from other sites. So I I really put a lot of thought into these transcripts. And, um, you know, even if you're like confused with a storyline, I literally write out as much, at least I, I won't say that I'm a grammar expert or anything like that. It's been a process. I've been doing these transcripts for seven years. So it's been an evolution of me in a writing process. So um, <laughs> nonetheless, I like I, I want to make sure these uh, transcripts help you it, I don't know, enjoy your wrestling experience better, more more importantly. So go check out ProWrestlingTranscripts.com. On this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, we're just literally about a week and a half away from the the bank of money. Uh, hey, were you coming up? <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that this morning, Josh, as we were getting into money in the bank. I, I don't know if you can do a broken uh, moniker for money in the bank because it's like the bank that has money. Well, but every bank has money, you know, so you you can't. Well, well we have the tagline this year. We have the uh, climbing the ladder that's corporate. I suppose climb the the ladder that is corporate. Yeah, I suppose. I, don't, I guess you can do that. But I like because I, I was thinking about it this morning. I was like, what do you do for 
like bank of money. Well, no, no. maybe the bank of money. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was thinking about it this morning. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, Raw and SmackDown this week. Our thoughts on that. We'll get to uh, AEW and NXT as well from last night as recorded mm-hmm. on a Thursday. I do want to touch on the Last Dance, uh, the uh, documentary series is airing right now on ESPN about the Chicago Bulls and their 1998 season. Me and Brett Carter are big sports fans, and we'll be uh, talking a little bit about that. And also, uh, you know, we'll decide in our sports section as well. Just, uh, to give any takeaways from the draft if you want to sure. uh, shed your light on that. Um, as always, for those who are watching us live on YouTube, please leave us a question, a comment. Is there any matches you're looking forward to? And more importantly, we got a question for everybody, and we're going to talk about this at the end of the podcast this week. Mm-hmm. Not only do we have a new semi called What's Best for Business, and let me explain that a little quick for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Um <laughs> uh, when I used to do the um, sports drive, um, we would have a segment at the end of the show that would be called the spoken word, where I would come on here and share some positivity or maybe some advice, wherever the situation is. We're going to add like a wrestling twist, but a different dynamic. So basically, Brother Carter over here is going to tell you what really resonated with him and why that is best for business. He is the director of operations. I was watching some old Kate promos uh the other day on youtube with seth Rollins. that's kind of like the inspiration for this mm-hmm. segment actually <laughs> and he's like i do this for uh because it's best for business, best for business. Right. this is when uh Kane was about to feud with seth Rollins uh, a few years ago so brett card's gonna pick out i think from any shows it, it could be a fantasy book he's hearing it could be something that he wants to put over and mm-hmm. then he has that tagline what's best for business so we're gonna do that as well and then finally before we get to the fun and shenanigans here, to you, who is Mr. Money in the Bank? Hmm. I am not to, I'm not asking you to give me predictions for Money in the Bank next week. We'll say that for next week. Right. I'm asking you, in the context, this concept has been around for 15 years now. I think enough time has passed that we can actually have a discussion about this now where what is really the Mr. Money in the Bank. Everybody calls Shawn Michaels Mr. WrestleMania, and uh, we'll get to that towards the end of the show. So uh, type in the comments section who you think is Mr. WrestleMania. With that said... Put your money in the bank. <laughs> let's get Mr. Money in the Bank, yes. Yes, who's Mr. Money in the Bank? Let's get this bad boy going. All right. I know we, there's this particular show that's on right now on um, ESPN called The Take of First. That's uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, <laughs> right now with shenanigans and just a, a total debauchery <laughs> in the sports world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a First Take fan when um, Skip and CNA were on. I still I, I watch when I can. Um, just with my work schedule, I don't usually have the time to wake up at the time to watch their show. But um, Brett Carter is a fan of First Take. Uh, he, he did get to see them have a live show in New Orleans before. And uh, we're just going to have like a First uh, Take style, this conversation of what's going on through Raw and SmackDown and bring mm-hmm. some of the conversations we have from our messenger uh, on Facebook t- <laughs> to the podcast this week. Right. Because there's some things that not that I need to shake my head, but 
I don't know. I feel bamboozled. I feel led astray. You feel prison. You feel like you're just gonna take it. Again. I mean, what is this man doing? I mean, my God. <laughs> oh man. The new thing now is Stephen A. He's so defensive about everything. Well, you don't need to question my credibility. My credibility. Man, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, with Stephen A., when he makes fun of the Dallas Cowboys fans, that, makes me, that, is, that is outstanding television. Because the, Cowboys fans are the worst. Dallas Cowboys fans are the worst. I mean, but but you can say that about any sports team. They always think their fans no, are no, Dallas Cowboys I think fans are the worst. I, I think it's a scientific factor. They are the worst. Yes. <laughs> because, oh, okay, go ahead. Good thing we're not Cowboys fans, or as I like to call them, Cowgirls fans. Um, there's been, by the way, I'm, I'm just uh, amazed by the amount of coverage that's going on with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and here's the thing. I'm not a Skip Bayless fan, but I'll give him this. Aaron Rodgers is not only the most overhyped quarterback in the NFL, he's the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Ooh. I don't get this logic that the Packers are instant Super Bowl contenders. If this was 2014, maybe I'll add some more validity to your point of view. But this dude constantly loses in the NFC title game. It's not his – I'm not – I'm not giving more props because he played in a shitty division, and I'm saying that where this uh, uh, hoodie right now, um, <laughs> I, 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 you can't tell me that a guy that hasn't won a Super Bowl since I was a junior in high school is le- legitimately not only a top five quarterback, but also that this team that was the biggest frauds out of any frauds in the NFL playoffs last season. Yeah, you guys okay. tell me that the Packers are Super Bowl contenders? And, oh, we got to feel sorry now because the Packers drafted a quarterback. We'll, we'll, we'll say that for later on, but no, I just got to get that out of the way. I know we have to you – know, why – like, I don't understand why everybody was upset about that. So, they look, Aaron Rodgers, he has less days ahead of him than more. So, why is drafting – if they think that Jordan Love is the guy – why not start getting him ready, you know? Like, start having him learn under Aaron Rodgers. Now everyone's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers should demand a trade. Like, and I know we'll get into it, but okay. Hey, I'll, I'll give Favre this. He played in two Super Bowls. Yes, he did. Um, yeah. All right. So here's the here's the last first take uh, reference here that we'll get to wrestling here. Um, sorry, Stephen A., Aaron Rodgers is no longer a bad man. Now hold on, now. <laughs> hold on, Josh. I'm going to disagree with you here. I'm going to be. I'm going right. to be Max Kellerman to your Stephen A. Here, okay, just a little bit. Now, is Aaron Rodgers like prime quarterback material in the NFL? No, no, absolutely not. No, that that's reserved for Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Um, you you already played Lamar in there already. Of current talent in the NFL, yes, because you know who is I again. I mean, obviously it's Mahomes. Um, I still think Lamar Jackson is going to be. I'd put, throw Deshaun Watson in there. I think I, would, I wouldn't put Watson in there. Really? See, because I think those three are fantastic. I think he's good, but I wouldn't call him great right now. Then um, I don't know how we have this discussion without putting Russell Wilson in there before. Yeah, okay, yeah, Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, Russell Wilson. 
Wilson's a good quarterback too. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I'm, I feel like I might be glitching a little bit, and if I do, I apologize. I'm, the uh, the the connection of Derrico is struggling right here. Um, <laughs> no, a Russell Wilson you got to throw in there for sure. Um, you know, I, I'd have to go down and look and see who started for every team just to get some reminders. But there's only like three or four that really pop out, and you know, I, again, the four I'm thinking of off the top of my head are. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson. I can't, you know, you maybe see Rodgers is past his prime though. Like his his time has has come and gone. It's time for him to move on. Uh, I think the same thing's true about Tom Brady. You know, everyone says that now that Tom Brady has gone to the Buccaneers, all of a sudden they're Super Bowl contenders. Like, no, you've got Tom Brady. You've got the 24-7 champion, Rob Gronkowski, on the team now, <laughs> which I still think he should get pinned during a game. Yes. That would be amazing. If yes. he got a touchdown and they were celebrating and Tom Brady pinned him to win the 24-7 championship, yes. think how amazing that would be. <laughs> That's funny, man. No, I would love that. I, just, I don't know why people all – look, Tampa Bay, they still have to go through New Orleans to get out of their division and mm-hmm. new Orleans. And even though I'm not really thrilled about the Jameis Winston signing, I don't, I'm kind of <laughs> scratching my head about that one. You don't want to crab legs. You might eat a dub. Hey, James <laughs> Winston is the best. Hey, some have called Jameis Winston, the best defensive player in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> you think about it. He should have won the defensive player of the year. That's oh, right. <laughs> that better be a 30 for 30, by the way. That better be a 30 for 30 special. How the hell do you throw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks in one season? I don't know. I don't know. I just and the beautiful part about this story, Brother Carter, is that his last throw of the year was a pick six. I know. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, B Rob. I know. B Rod's a fellow Saints fan as well. <laughs> uh, who that? That's right. So I just I'm kind of scratching my head at this one, and someone's like, "Oh, Jameis Winston's going to be the heir apparent to Drew Brees." I'm like, "Really? I mm, I don't see it. I don't see it either. I but uh, unless he gets, you know, they're signing him to to be the backup, and like he's understood his role is to be the backup to Drew Brees and to learn under Drew Brees, right? But I just I there's just too many consistency questions there. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't know I don't know how that's going to work out. Speaking of consistency, let's give a round of applause for MVP over the last couple. Dude, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, let's start off with Monday Night Raw. We're going to go a little back and forth from Raw's man. Not not every segment, but just stuff that stood out to us. But um, I'll tell you, man. I I've seen this um, predicament that we're all in. I really don't think, and this is a bigger discussion we probably need to have down the road, but I really don't think that the the lens of where with where we're watching these shows right now, whether it's AEW or WWE, I don't think we can look at it the same way as if there was a crowd there. Like, no, absolutely. I, I put this out on Twitter the other day. Like, none of these wrestling companies have their full roster to their disposal not only that but just every element that comes of the storytelling that is these shows yes there's been fantastic pre-produced segments on both shows uh both companies um we'll we'll touch on those later on with dynamite but like my thing is like 
you have a guy like MVP who's, yeah, he's the one producers who's still around and he uh, helps put over the younger talent. And you see what's been going on with Apollo Crews over the last couple of weeks. You have the VIP lounge. Yeah, he's, I don't know if he's coming up with a faction or some tried a way to bring Ricochet and Cedric Alexander to the dark side in some way. That's an idea I was flowing out there the other night. Mm-hmm. But MVP has done a fantastic job. Now, is that to assume that he's the general manager or blah, 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 blah? No. But I just want to give shout-out to MVP because he's helping making the current wrestlers on the roster look good. And I've just been enjoying the general flows of the show. I mean, just from a transcript point of view, I prefer the empty arena shows because my main focus when I do transcripts is what's going on in the ring and what's being said on the mic. Mm -hmm. I really don't care about beach balls or dumb snarky chants that have nothing to do with what's going on with the particular matches going on. And when I don't have to think about outside things that's going to take away from a match, the better off it is for me as a wrestling fan where I can just enjoy something for what it is. I can't really think about booking, ratings, yada, yada, yada. Yes, it's a television show, and yes, you want it to be entertaining, but I don't think there's parameters that we have to be looking at right now with what we're dealing with right now. We're lucky we have these shows on air in the first place, and people want to talk about booking and WWE logic and all this stuff. Like, what, what does that ha- what does that matter during the pandemic right now? Like, honestly. So I just want to give a shout out to MVP because he's been putting on some good television. And uh, speaking of good television, shout out to uh, – we didn't talk about this a lot as more as we should have last week, but the Mandy Rose, uh, Sonya Deville promo segment they're having. And then uh, coming up this, uh, tomorrow, actually, Mandy is going against Carmella in a Money to Bay qualified match. Also, Otis, on the other hand, will be taking out Dolph Ziggler in a WrestleMania rematch as mm-hmm. one of the qualifying matches as well. So, um, go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, and, and in those matches, you know, I, you got to think that Carmella gets the win and Dolph Ziggler gets the win. Yes. And, and Carmella's not really healed, but the, the, the anti-Otis, uh, Mandy Rose, people will get the win to set up segments down the road. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know if we we haven't gotten a tag match yet, right? The the Otis, Mandy Rose, Dolph Ziggler, Sonya Deville tag match. I don't think we've gotten that yet, have we? The mixed tag, no. No, I don't think so. So, and I, so if both of them lose, they could have it at Money in the Bank if they needed to fill more time on the card, or did they save it and do it at the June pay per view? What if like Dolph Ziggler fakes out an injury and then somebody beats Otis? I don't know. Something's gonna tie in. Something's gonna tie in with this messenger dude that uh, keeps hacking into the show. I have no idea who it is, but if it's Chad Gable, I'm gonna start marking out because that I he'll see the faction starting to come to fruition, pal. I thought it would be either him or Mustafa Ali would be the my two candidates for uh, for that. But you know, the other thing they could do is. Uh, you know, and I know we're kind of going back and forth, but uh, yeah. Apollo Cruz has an injury, or he got injured supposedly on Raw this week, mm-hmm. and so we don't know if we're gonna if if he's going to be healed in time for Money in the Bank or right. what's going to happen with that. So they could always throw somebody in there, like they could throw Otis in there if he loses or whatever, if they need to. If Apollo Cruz isn't healed in time, though, they would probably have to throw somebody from Raw in there, wouldn't they? 
because yeah, Raw already got their three guys, so it needs somebody from SmackDown. No, but uh, Paul Cruz is on Raw, isn't he? Yeah, Paul Cruz is on That's Raw. Okay. So if Paul Cruz can't go, then they oh. would have they would have to replace him with somebody from Raw. I'm glad you brought it up because I heard on the bump that they're uh, having some type of last chance gauntlet match on Raw on Monday to get that final spot so I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to have to have somebody. But And then who would that be? Um, oh, I'm glad you brought that up because this is the next transition to what I wanted to talk about. There's only one person to take Apollo Crews' spot. There's only one man worthy of such a distinction. Another smart word out there. Shout out to go check out the Google and the dictionary. Uh, there's only one modern day Maharaj. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly who needs to get into that. Yes. I love that. Yes. Gender, gender, gender. Mahal. Yes. That's exactly who needs to get in that. Absolutely. Bravo, brother Adam. Bravo. Give this man a job. Give this man a WWE job. That's brilliant. Yes, that's exactly who needs to be in that match is Jinder Mahal. Dude, he looked so good on Raw. Mm-hmm. Like, he just ran through his opponent. His physique, I, I thought Jinder Mahal looked fantastic. Yeah, that, straight into the gills, as uh, wrestling business likes to say. Um, <laughs> I, literally, Jinder Mahal, he, he is the Maharaja after all. He should just be given the spot, right. to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw Sean Ross Sapp the other day. Oh, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of his work, but like, I, I don't know what it is with these dirt sheet guys. They always have to deliver a backhanded compliment towards a wrestler that they're never that they don't drool towards. Like you can't get credit where it's where credit's due. There's always an asterisk with King Corbin or Jinder Mahal and the list goes on and on that they're not the the flavor of the month of the website world. Like I think it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, do you have performance that you don't like? Cool. I mean you don't have to like everybody, but I just think like the passive aggressive nature of the wrestling media these days is so really dis- annoying at times, especially for Brian Alvarez. Uh, I'm sure that dude's ready to have a connection fit once Jinder Mahal gets a shot at the WWE title, which he rightfully deserves. I don't, I don't, I don't think Jinder actually had a rematch opportunity when he lost the WWE title. I could be wrong about that, but make sure <laughs> fact check me, ladies and gentlemen. I want to know. <laughs> well, I don't. Because yeah, um, then he won the U.S. title shortly after that, didn't he? So he lost to AJ Styles, right? But then I know he was U.S. champion in 2018. So because he was WWE champion in 2017, I believe. Yeah, and so, but I know he was U.S. champion in 2018. So I would assume he would have had his rematch and then went on and won the U.S. title in 2018. The Maharaja versus Drew McIntyre is a money match. I don't want to hear it from anybody. <laughs> now, now, they probably would put it on – I don't think they would have that, unfortunately, and I think it's stupid. I think they should have it at a SummerSlam or they should have it at a – you know, I think that that would be a great SummerSlam match. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think they would either put it on Raw or on one of the B pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what they would do, but I, I would love to see – I mean, 3MB – I mean, think about it. 3MB competing for the WWE Championship. Like, who would have ever thought that? 
That's that's the beautiful thing about professional wrestling. <laughs> the least you expect is something crazy goes down. Thing always says, man, never say never in this business. Uh, never say never for bad takes either. As I found out the other night that uh, supposedly some supreme waterfall is generic. Mm. Hey, hey. Yeah. Ah. Come on, come on. Okay, let's just okay. okay. All right, here we go. Can I, speak? Can I speak? Okay. So what I was referring to is now I would like to preface this by saying last week I believe I said it either on this show or two. No, I said it on the thoughts of Derrico last week that I was not happy with what they did with the Riot Squad build because they've just you know they just Ruby Riot came back. It was a great moment. And then her and Liv Morgan had their thing. And then they kind of just, now they've had two matches and that's whole fizzled out. And then they had the Liv Morgan. And listen, I like Liv Morgan. I wish all the success in the world. I hope that she has a long and fruitful career in WWE. I really do. Mm-hmm. But what does she bring to the table right now? What has she brought to the table right now? I like Liv Morgan. I think she has mad waterfall game. I think that she has a good skill set in the ring. But what has she brought? Now, she can change my mind. They may give her a great storyline. But here's what happened. They gave her the Lana storyline, and that kind of didn't really go anywhere. They gave her the Ruby Riot storyline, and that didn't really go anywhere. So, like, what what does she bring into the table right now? And, again, I like Liv Morgan. I like Liv Morgan. I like Ruby Riot. I like Sarah Logan. I want them all to be successful. But what is Liv Morgan bringing to the table right now? Man, we're lucky not only we're at social distancing, or this, or we're lucky we're not sitting at the table because I throw this water at you. <laughs> you want to ask what Liv Morgan offers? Go watch her match a couple weeks ago at Asuka. <laughs> Brother Adam, I'm not. Did I not just say I like Liv Morgan? I think she's talented. I think she brings something to. But she's not got anything right now. Like, what is she doing right now? Yeah, something that a lot of generic wrestlers do not have. It's two letters, I and T. It. Right. Now, let's, let's not get some things misconstrued here. She did win her match at WrestleMania, right? Even yeah. though it's off match, I'm not saying it's the biggest thing ever, but let's, let's have some facts here. She did beat Natalia at WrestleMania, right? Get a match. She got a match at WrestleMania. Fair, fair. Hasn't she been on a consistent role since WrestleMania? She has. What's to say that Liv Morgan can't be a future Raw Women's Champion I, at, at the end of the year? Okay, Josh, I, we're getting my words misconstrued here. I'm talking about right now at this very moment. That this could all, as you know. This could all change in two or three weeks, and I could get proven wrong because she comes out. I'm like, okay, and I will be the first to come on this show right. and admit if I made a mistake. I will be the first person. I think I will be the first person to come on this show if I made a mistake and she proves me wrong. And she comes out and she kicks ass. You know, I'll be like, okay, she proved me wrong, and it was great. I'll be the first person to admit it. But right now, I'm yeah. Uh, I wouldn't uh, excuse you for being the prisoner of the moment. Um, 
I'm looking for this from a contextual point of view. How many times have we come on here and all these other shows talk about, oh, they never push stars. Oh, they never let wrestlers go on a 50-50. Uh, they never let somebody get on a winning streak. It's always 50-50 booking. Uh, I mean, you got to start from somewhere. <laughs> she did get to speak on Monday, right? Uh, and, and did, I, did that deceive me? Did she not get the opportunity to talk? <laughs> so... Look, I, 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 it's not that I, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying that she doesn't have talent or anything like that. My point is the the labeling of generic is absolutely inane to me. I won't even say ask the nine, ask the ten, ask eleven, ask twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but but come on, man. Sh- if you want to, let's let's have the generic comparisons since we're doing this. Let's let's bring it first take out, uh, first take out, if okay. you will. Okay, Bailey before she turned heel, generic. See, I disagree with you there. No, she was not generic. No, I disagree with you there. Because oh, okay. <laughs> Becky, Becky Lynch before the man, generic. And I loved Becky Lynch. Becky was my four, my okay, favorite. Yeah, four all right, all right, I'll give you that. Yeah, Becky, I'll give you that. Okay. Becky was my favorite four horseman character when they first came up from NXT. I'm not taking a shot, at Becky, but let's call it what it is. I love Becky Lynch too, but because I yeah, but okay, all right. Candice LeRae, generic. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that for sure. We could go this to the cows go home before Sasha Banks became uh, Lil Kim, generic. I, I I know I'm gonna get a bunch of shit from Matt after that. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> if he's watching yeah, all, <laughs> but Sasha always you can drop the generic label on anybody. Hell, there's a wrestler that I literally have the fitting image of generic to the fact that I call this dude Times New Roman funds. <laughs> I, I thought we were just talking about female wrestlers. Don't even get me started on generic male wrestlers. There's no, that's another show for another time. Dude, we could be at this for generic male wrestlers. We could be at that for years. I mean, good lord. Yeah, and they all, they all work for TNA. Uh, I know. Usually in this context, I usually put over waterfall, but. Believe it or not, I do put over the talents and what they do in the ring and stuff. But I don't know how you can look at Liv Morgan. Putting Waterfall aside, the facial expressions, what she does in the ring, the fact that she sells, unlike a lot of women on the roster, um, there's just something about her, man. She has the effect. I, there's no way that I can attach generic towards her. Okay. No, no we'll shot. See. <laughs> we'll see. I do want to disagree with you on Bailey, though. I want to talk about this for a okay. second. I don't think Bailey was generic at all because she's generic right now. No, she <clears throat> because she's generic right now. I think she's generic right now because there isn't a crowd there to to really feed off the. Because you remember when she was doing her John Cena act with the females, right? This is why I don't think she was generic because I remember back in 2015, 2016, they were saying that Bailey was the most important female talent because of her. They were comparing her to John Cena as far as relating with the kids and the merchandise. And you remember when uh, were you at uh, 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 WrestleMania 32 in Dallas? 
No, I didn't go close okay. enough. Okay, so Matt and I went there, and we we got to go to Access. The line to meet Bailey was longer, was one of the longest there. Like she was, and I don't think she was even one of the quote unquote premium package superstars. Oh, she's still in NXT, right? Uh, she was in NXT, yeah. yeah. So, and the line to meet her was through the roof. I mean, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. So then they brought her up to the main roster. Um, huge pop, and it was great for a while. And then it was starting to fly. But then when she turned heel, the crowd just went like, Yes, that's what I'm talking about. And Heel Bailey has been kick ass. So I think once we get the crowd back, I think that once and again, I'm, I'm kind of out of here. Once we get the crowd back, I think that Bailey is going to be just fine because again, I, I I don't believe that she's that generic superstar. I really don't. <laughs> um, l- let's talk about a little bit uh, from SmackDown. Let's talk about the uh, Triple H 25 segment. Uh, believe it or not, us, me and you are in a minority. Uh, from what I've read on Twitter, see a lot of people just wanted to point out, point out how weird that segment was. What was it with wrestling fans? Like, they're, like they're the detector of what's weird and not. Like everything, it's weird. Um, let me see it. I saw something the other day that was like ridiculous. Uh, you know, somebody was talking about. Nah, I had a brain fart. Forget that. Anyways, we're talking about Triple H in uh, the celebrate 25 years, and they had like a top 10 moment thing on Raw uh, the other night, which was pretty cool. But, you know, people are talking about, oh, Vince's, seg- Vince's part of the segment was awkward, and Vince is no longer good on television. And, like, really? <laughs> I, maybe it's not Mr. McMahon quality like it was 22 years ago. Um but you know, my favorite part for the twenty-five segment was the um, <laughs> the part where he had Stephanie on FaceTime. Yeah, <laughs> and Michaels is mocking her. <laughs> you like all that crooked eye? <laughs> oh man, uh, no, that was no, that was great. And he was calling Ric Flair and Rhoda. See, now that you wouldn't have been able to do that with a crowd there. Because that you wouldn't have been able to have that interaction, right? So, now, was it an ideal situation? Of course not. Of no. course not. But WWE, as they've done since this entire pandemic has started, they've made the best out of a bad situation. Right. You know, took something with it. And I thought the, the, the back and forth between Michaels and Triple H was hilarious. It was great. Like, like he was talking about to all the people here. Sean, there's there's... Nobody here, you know, and then just them kind of going. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about what about the stagehand that took the water bottle away from uh, Triple H? <laughs> <laughs> that was he's getting ready to do the spit thing, and he took the water. Yes, <laughs> and he was wearing the mask too. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> no, I I thought it was. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure that pissed some people off. How dare they? They have a wrestling show and they bring one of their producers to mock people wearing masks. Come on, man. Lighten up, pal. Right. Um, I enjoyed the Triple H celebration very much. I thought it was, again, was it perfect? No. It would have been better with a live crowd and, you know, the thank you, Hunter and Chance and stuff like that. Right. I think what people wanted, though, Josh, is they wanted a storyline to start. You know, because usually with these sorts of things, when you have a insert person here appreciation night or whatever 
it goes into part of a storyline or a storyline is formed. Like when they had the evolution reunion, what happened? It led to Batista versus Triple H, you know? So they wanted some kind of storyline to go in the summer and they never got that. That's the stuff you got to leave for when the fans do come back into the arena. That's that's just the way I'm looking at it. There's nothing that that was going to happen that night that could have bleed into money in the bank. Nothing. (laughs) Unless Triple H on Friday just cut a major heel promo and he was just going to be one of the aspects of climbing the corporate ladder. Okay, maybe I could see that, but nothing – I, I threw out the idea of possibly be the. I think I told you the, about the hacker guy showing up during the segment, but still, like you gotta lead those type of moments for the crowd. Um, so you know, effective segments that didn't need a crowd. Let's talk about the Drew McIntyre Seth Rollins uh, contract segment from right. Monday Night Raw because, um, you know it's. I just thought Raw this week in general was a pretty good show for Todd Bob. Just with yeah. the fact, some of the good matches, obviously that six man Teddy Long special that uh, <laughs> was pretty good. Uh, then Paul Cruz has had the night of his career and then unfortunately suffered an injury. And you saw the emotion in his face. Was uh, that, and I don't even know just because I've read Was that a legit injury or was that a. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read anything online or anything like that to know whether it's a storyline or not. But. Um, Paul had an amazing night on Monday night, but going back, going back to Drew and Seth. Honestly, I think Drew McIntyre, out of anybody during this pandemic era of wrestling shows, has benefited the most. And think about it, the guy that's became the WWE champion. Last week, I mentioned that there's some YouTube wrestling shows that are already saying that Drew McIntyre is like Roman Reigns and blah 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 blah, which I think is ludicrous. But Drew McIntyre has just been. Cl- clicking it on all cylinders on the mic, facial expressions, looking into the camera, getting his story over, the matches he's had with um, Angel Garza and Andrade were good. Um I know not I know I know Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah, it's not everybody's cup of tea. The only thing I don't like about the presentation of that is Jerry Lawler's commentary when Seth Rollins appears. But that's just in general for Jay Lawler, the heel concert today. I nothing he says does anything for me. So the fact that I got to hear Samoa Joe on Monday night was a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, <laughs> so this contract segment, contract side segment, started off. You know, McIntyre's like, "Hey, Key, you know how these segments usually go. We got the gist out of it out of the way, right?" Because <laughs> everybody. You know, you always got to have, like, a snide remark about everything that goes on about wrestling these days. Like, yes, we understand contracts I miss and with brouhaha's or the old uh, JR favorite line, uh, Pier 6 bra, by God. <laughs> so uh, I'm pulling up um, the article really quick so I can read some lines here because something here really stood out to me. Which you can uh, find, by the way, on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bookmark that sucker right now. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Uh, director of operations, we're always looking out for the brand. Always looking out for the brand. <laughs> oh, man. All right, here, here's the part from Seth Rollins that I wanted to read really quick, all right? right. It says, the WWE Universe needs someone they can turn to, turn to. They need someone to guide them. They need a leader, and I could be the light in that darkness. I suffered for that, which is true. I suffered for that title, Drew. You don't have to. I don't want you to suffer the way I did. I don't want what happened to me to happen to you. Not 
injuries per se or having matches with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. But think about it. Seth Rollins was literally at the top of the world at SummerSlam, no, at WrestleMania last year. Then you go to Survivor Series in my hometown, and the dude's getting booed out of the building because he made comments about John Moxley. Like, how stupid is that? Right. If you become the WWE champion, you're representing the company. All you read on social media is they're they're the they're the sin, they're the devil of professional wrestling shows. You try to put the company over and point out some misconceptions, and then people jump on you with the oh you're a shill you're blah, 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 blah. that's literally Seth Rollins the heel just giving like a real life line right there I just thought that really really resonated with me because that's that's what happens to him the dude was the flavor of everybody want me, me included everybody wants Seth Rollins to beat Brock Lesnar and have the world championship on Raw every single week right. what did he get out of that grief for, because he said something about John Moxley, because John Moxley is immune to criticism, I guess. No, Josh, it's not him. Everybody in AEW is immune to criticism. Like that's just yeah. It doesn't matter what if 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 there's a botch in AEW, we don't talk about that. Oh, it's fine. Don't don't even worry about it. It's fine. It's like no, you. <laughs> All right, let's let's re- read the line here from uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, I, I lo- by the way, I love the facial expression on Seth Rollins when uh, McIntyre's like, "You're completely full of shit." You know, yeah. Drew McIntyre just conducted himself really well in this segment where he wasn't over the top yelling. Um, I, I just I decided, Joe, this is one of the more um, effective um, contract sites. I've been saying I'm really excited for this match. So here's a line from Drew. He says, I'll give you a couple pieces of advice, though. Number one, shut your mouth. Stop talking forever. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear Seth Rollins talk. Whether it's right now, backstage, or online, you have this unique talent that whenever you open your mouth, somehow you get your foot stuck in there. And yet, at the same time, you get your head stuck up your arse. It's impressive, actually. Just food for thought. And then number two, he says here, this one popped me. <laughs> he jumped me a couple weeks ago. You didn't finish the job. At Money in the Bank, finish the job. Go for the throat because I sure as hell will go for yours. Um, So I, I really enjoyed this segment. Uh, I already put it over. What was your thoughts on it? No, I enjoyed the segment very much too. And, you know, it's – you know, whenever you get a contract signing, there's going to be, you know what you're getting. As soon as they announced contract signing, I was like, okay, there's going to be some jabbering back and forth, and then they're going to fight. Like, you just right. know that that's what happened. But no, I thought the comments were great. To me, Seth Rollins was very impressive during this promo. And just, you know, and he's, he's like, Drew, I want you to be WWE champion. I want you to have your moment. But now is not the moment. I need to be champion right now for the company. For the right. better of the show, like I like, I thought that was brilliant. I was like, "Wow, that, that's you know, he's playing himself off as the, the again the Messiah. Like he's looking over, looking out for the best interest of of everybody." Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I thought so. Honestly, I thought from where that was coming from, I thought that was great. Um, also, Murphy sold the hell out of that Claymore. Holy crap! Uh, speaking of matches, I'm looking forward to um, this Monday. I'm sure they haven't announced it yet, but it'll probably be Drew McIntyre and Buddy Murphy That's on Raw this Monday. Yeah. That's going to be a good match. Yeah, I know. I'm looking forward to that, too. That's going to be great. And also, hope AOP gets uh, – is it Akam, I believe, is injured? 
Yes. So I hope that he gets Edgar back. Has bad luck with injuries, man. But so why couldn't they use Razor for now? You know, because if A comes out, or do they? I know they. Ha- I guess they have to come as a package deal. I don't know. I, I guess because um, you know if, if I could also see. And I don't think this is going to happen because I think Drew McIntyre retains the title. And I know we'll get into this more next week. I think Drew McIntyre retains the title. Right. Um, but, you know, I could see Razor trying to interfere because, like, they hadn't seen him for a while missing or something. And then Drew McIntyre overcomes all odds and beats Seth Rollins. So I don't know. But um, so I just, I, I wondered about that. I wonder about. Razor and him coming back, if he could be around. But uh, overall, I thought the segment was great. I mean, r- both Rollins and McIntyre were fantastic. Uh, but Rollins' reasoning for wanting to be champion, I thought, was outstanding. And it was very well done. We're in a part of the show where we're going to get a update right now, uh, a medical update, if you will. Very good. From the one and only Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Yes! Here we go. Dude. Sure, you feel like you're in an Uber with a foreign driver who, for some strange reason, doesn't want to use the GPS. Lost. And that's why I took it upon myself to work so hard, and because of my unapologetic courageousness, I was able to rehab my horrible injury. Now, after seeing my nail doctor, who just so happens to be the most prolific nail doctor in his field, he was, well, he was an awe. Because he told me he's never seen such a miraculous turnaround in the history of modern medicine. He said I went from being on death's door to not only healing my hangnail, but overhealing it. Yeah, you heard me right. He said I now have the strongest nail in the world. His words, not mine. And I was, as you can imagine, so excited to be live and in living color back on AEW Dynamite. And so I did what everybody does that's professional. I tried to get TV ready, and while I was shaving, the the unthinkable happened. I nicked my neck. I know. And I'm sure a normal man would have bled out and died, but not me because I am a warrior. And it hurt. I'm not going to lie to you people, it hurt so much because I was so looking forward to, during this time period, to hopping on a germ-infested plane. I mean, I, I I was foaming at the mouth at the idea of having the opportunity to wrestle in front of six or seven of my peers that I really respect. I mean, really, really respect. And moreover, I mean... I was breathtaking at the possibility of being to entertain you people in your hour of need because I care about you so much. But I'll be back, not just for you, but for me. Because I'm the voice brave enough to cry out. I am the storm thundering across the horizon. I am the candle that is lit in the dark room. I am the only hope this company has left. I am Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And I'm better than you. And you know it. Oh, man. Josh, 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 can we... Can you give me just a minute? Hold on. Hold on. I just... MJF. 
He's so brave. He's just so what we need right now. <laughs> Recovery from the hangnail. Over heels. Over heels. And then he nicks some shovels, baby. Ah! <laughs> Excuse me. You, you may have to carry the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that wasn't bad, right? Oh, man. That was gold. I'm telling you. I think, and you know, you and I have talked about this before, Josh. We've had the debate. What is AEW doing to create its own stars? MJF is going to be one of a tried and true AEW original. I can think of three off the top of my head. There will be more for sure. Yeah. But three I can think of right now, MJF, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara. I think those three have been, have been, are going to be stars that have been generated through AEW. I know one who will not be, and that'll be Marco Stunt. Oh, <laughs> man, he got Molly whopped last night. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a release suplex that high in my entire life. But Stunt's role is with the group. Like he's not meant to be a single, you know, he's meant to be a part of Luchasaur, the the Luchasaurus group there. So mm-hmm. the I'm just glad that match didn't go 20 minutes because every time Marco Stunt wrestles on Dynamite or Dark, it's like 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, come on, man. There's only so much suspension of disbelief that I can have with this guy. But like, come on, man. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, um, still talking about Dynamite. Every week, Le Champion just gets funnier and funnier. And, like, him and, him and Skiavone on commentary is – just like they go back and forth and it's amazing and the bubbly bunch oh my god the bubbly bunch is great i, I did i did like the flim flam challenge last week but i did like the manitoba melee that was awesome <laughs> that was cool. uh, let me say this um i'm starting to Gained the appreciation for Tony Schiavone and how good he is on commentary. I I popped I popped for the light, especially uh, since we're tying a lot of stuff in AEW right now. I popped for the light after the Britt Baker segment. It's like I'm starting to get skinnier. <laughs> By the way, uh, shout out to Britt Baker. She's fantastic. Every week on the Who's Podcast is Britt Baker Appreciation Day. Crown of applause. Yeah. <laughs> Golf class. Props to Adam Cole as well for being able to, you know. Yeah. Well done, well done Mr. NXT. That, that's very good. <laughs> Great job, Brother Carter. Yes. <laughs> By, the way, By the way, do you think how stupid – you know how we talk about how stupid wrestling fans are? Yeah. You know how they always like, oh my god, it's a sign. They showed Britt Baker on NXT. Oh my god, ah! You know, it's just like, yeah, that's Adam Cole's girlfriend. Why do we need to point out the obvious of obvious things? And also, why on Twitter do wrestling fans answer their own questions? Why is this happening? Because it's happening. (laughs) Oh god, Britt Baker signing with NXT. No, it doesn't mean that Adam Cole is going to AEW. Like, that's 
I, I know there's this type of paranoia when it comes to sports fans and Star Wars fans, but man, like wrestling fans just take it up to extreme levels of insecurity and paranoia over these. You don't, you can't have an eight month feud in this society. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no shots. You no, no shots. Three months at the maximum because you can get. You start it after a pay-per-view, get through one pay-per-view, have a rematch at the next pay-per-view. Maybe you can extend it out for one more pay-per-view. And then everyone's like, okay, I'm done with this. Well, p- picture this. You have like Bret Hart against Stokos Steve Austin, right? They start for the 96 Fire Series. Picture that in today's society where Austin wins the 97 World Rumble but doesn't. Not only does he not get the title match, but he's fighting the same guy he's been fighting with since November. Picture how much shit that match would get going into that WrestleMania 13. Think about that. <laughs> it's insane. You can't do that. Now. It's ridiculous. And yeah, because I mean, the closest thing that we've had in modern history, and it's really not even that modern because it was almost a decade ago, was um, John Cena and The Rock. When, right. they, when they announced the match for the following year's WrestleMania, the night after Mania 27. Like, to me, that was awesome. And I'm like, oh, my God. The Already the hype for WrestleMania 28 was through the roof because we were going to get Cena and Rock. Like, mm. and then people sort of forgot about it. But then but then we would remember, oh, yeah, Cena and Rock are going to go at it at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cena and Rock are going to go at it at WrestleMania. You know, I thought that was brilliant. I still think about matches that just left money on the table, and I still think CM Punk and Triple H and WrestleMania 30 was money left on the table because, honestly, and this is not a dig at Danny or Brian, everything that Brian did at WrestleMania 30, they could have done the same thing with Punk. The same exact thing. Um, but that, well, that's, that's another topic I like to have down the road. It's like matches that are like left on the table or something we like to see down the road. You know, that'd be pretty cool. But um, going back to Dynamite real quick. Right. Uh, I, <laughs> Britt Baker possibly, man. She's awesome. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't put over her waterfall. Even though she's beautiful, she just looks too much like my older sister. So it, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's a conflict of interest. I understand. <laughs> Your interests have a conflict. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> One thing I don't have a conflict with is the real life Verona, Veronica Corning Stone, Penelope Ford. Oh, so, so you kind of have a mixed reaction when uh, Times New Roman font Kip Sabian comes out because you have to see Kip Sabian, but you get to see Penelope Ford. There's always good and bad that comes with wrestling, no matter what the dynamic is. By the way, <laughs> I liked the I liked her interactions with Orange Cassidy as well. Like I thought those were hilarious. I love Orange Cassidy, by the way. I know I, you do. I think he is hilarious. By the way, I found it really odd that they were doing tags in the match <laughs> when it was tornado the entire match. Like what? And Jericho even called him out on it too. Like, that's how classy they are. I don't even think you need to make a tag, but they're doing it. <laughs> the tag team rules just <laughs> I'm too old school for my own good at times. Tag team rules just will never apply <laughs> in no. AEW. Just so it will not. But that was a good match nonetheless. That awful waffle into the pile of chairs was pretty nasty. That was cool, yeah. And um 
think that Summit did some type of nasty spot on the ladder too. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, um, <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought that um, Lance Archer and Justin Rhodes had a good match to close yeah. out the show. I enjoyed that very much. Look, really looking forward to Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes. I think that's going to be a good match. I was looking for I was looking forward to that match, but I thought there was no way they could go around it without having the TNT titles surrounded by it. I just thought it'd be better if it was just a grudge match. Um, I, I the, the tournament had a lot of good matches. Looking around, but I just thought the element and the feel of it's very predictable, just for the fact that it was going to be Cody and Archer. Mm-hmm. I don't think that match, in my opinion, needed the TNT title, but. Uh, it's gonna be. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the match. This should be really good at double or nothing. Yeah. Um, what, was, what was I gonna say? Um, I, I love Lance Archer's entrance. <laughs> I, I just hope one day he just like clocks Billy Gunn just for the hell. Of it. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that'd be great. Um, I still don't know, uh, and I hope that they everybody dies. <laughs> I hope that they do, and I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Brody Lee uh, with with his first, because right now he doesn't have a feud. So I'll be curious to see what his first, now maybe they can't do anything with him until we get back to normal and wrestlers like Pac and, um, you know, we get to see Jericho wrestling more often, uh, you know, the Luchasaurus, you know, all those guys that can't compete right now. I wonder if they'll do something with him when. His first feud better not be with Moxley. You just had the WWE versus WWE guy with Jake Hager. You better not put Brody Lee with John Moxley. It, it won't do anything for either guy. No, point. I think I think that the – and it all depends on his injury, but I think the next feud should be MJF. Who, for Brody Lee? So, sorry, did you catch that? No, were you saying MJF and Brody Lee or MJF and John Moxley? No, no, no. I, I said I think the next John Moxley feud should be MJF because if we're trying to build AEW's own stars, you know, if, if you just keep throwing them with ex WWE guys, that's going to be the na- that's what your brand's going to be known for. I, I think it should be MJF. Uh, Burkhart, come come back in. Um, yeah. Get yourself a restart. I'll, I'll continue on with the Dynamite stuff really quick. All right. Okay. Um. So looking back from Dynamite, just um. See what else really stood out to me. I, I think they've been doing a good job of airing these uh, Scorpio Sky segments, uh, try to get some more length into his character, what he is. Um, it's not that I don't like SCU, but um, I kind of miss Bad Influence in in a lot of ways. Um, you guys remember Bad Influence when they were in TNA? Um, I, I just really liked what they did as a tag team, and... Um, Maybe things will go in a different directions. Scorpio, Scorpio Sky is really talented, and Scorpio will do a great job uh, as a singles competitor down the road. But um, um, SCU is popular, so you got to uh, work with what's making your butter work, you know? Uh, help further expand your uh, paper, if you will, pal. So. Um, again, just like Brooke Hart said, uh, the chemistry with uh, Chris Jericho and Tony Schiavone has been a lot of fun. Um, just hearing them on concert has been pretty funny. Uh, they, they do a pretty good job. And, um, you know, I was talking about um, Scorpio Sky. I think it's good that they're adding different layers to his character. 
mm-hmm. in the meantime. But um, I kind of miss dad influence in a way. I kind of I kind of miss Kazarian and Daniels as heels. But you got to work with uh, what's uh, getting pops these days. So I, it's not that I don't have. It's not that I have anything wrong with SCU. Kind of miss bad influence in a lot of ways. I don't know if they could use that moniker. I don't know if that's tied up to Ring of Honor or TNA. Oh, speaking of TNA, since we're on this topic, why um, are we speaking? Of, why do we have to speak of TNA, Josh? Believe, believe it or not, the main event of Rebellion Night Two was for the vacated TNA World Heavyweight Championship. I I read something about this because didn't. Tessa Blanchard can't get back or something like that. So they had to bring back the TNA title. It's Daga's fault. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> um, no um, Moose has this obsession with TNA. And I, I, I don't know what it is. What's the point of it? I don't know if Impact is doubling down on their past and they just want to be called TNA Impact Wrestling again. But like bring back Hernandez, bring back all these TNA guys and TNA concepts. I, I, I really, we're, we're talking about this a couple weeks ago. I don't know what direction they're going for. And bringing back the TNA world title just to supplement the fact that Tessa Blanchard is not there, I think is dumb. <laughs> you can have the interim cruiserweight title on XC, but you can't have the interim world champion on TNA, on, on Impact. See, I'm, <laughs> they brought so much TNA back that I'm starting to call it TNA again. This is not good, Brother Carter. It's oh. not good under any circumstances. Especially in today's society where, you know, you know, the that those initials, you know, could be very disrespectful for our modern culture, you know, and a lot of people could look at that as like, well, what kind of company are they trying to run over there? So I I I agree with you. It's it's you know, and and that and that era represents some not a great time in their past you know with with leadership and and what happened financially with the company and how it you know it almost you know tna almost died like four or five times but yet somehow it managed to stay stick around you know mm-hmm. like they, and then for a while they were global force wrestling and then they you know it's just oh god i know i i i know i i, I don't i don't get it and i actually and we've talked about this before but i actually liked hernandez I thought Hernandez was was talented. Hernandez and Homicide. I actually didn't mind. Now Conan, he deserves to be in the Yawn Club for sure. But he should, he should be a permanent member of that club for the fact that he has Disco Inferno on his podcast every single week. There's nothing literally interesting about Disco Inferno. Nothing no. has, has anything that's pertinent or important. Wow. By the way, shots of guys at Dark Side of the Ring because I I watched the Doctor D David Schultz uh, episodes this week. Holy shit! Man. I I haven't seen any of them. I I need to watch them. Are they good? Watch them. They're really good. Okay. Uh, they're talking about the infamous David Schultz uh, slapping John Stossel in the face for calling wrestling fake. It was a really good story. By the way, screw you, Eddie Mansfield. <laughs> Goddamn motherfucker. You gotta expose the goddamn motherfucking business. <laughs> By the way, that's me doing my Jim Cornette impression. He was on the show uh, this week, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's... Oh. yeah, double cheese, double cheese. <laughs> oh. Cornette, man, I just no, you don't like to Cornette. He's all right. I mean, there are some times where when he's doing his, I like when he was when he describes the backstage things of when, it, of, of some of the more controversial angles, like the, like when he was, 
like the screw job. Like I thought that was really good. I like yeah. that. Um, I just, I get that Jim Cornette does not like Vince Russo. I get it. I understand. They don't like each other. Right. Fine. But why does he have to keep bringing it up? Like, I get it. You don't like Vince Russo. Fine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I don't know, Brent Carter. They got some major, major issues with each other. No like, kidding. Bad. No <laughs> but, kidding. Um, let's go into um, – Let's go into NXT really quick. Um, last night, I, I say this all the time, that art of being a good heel is not me putting you over on social media. It's you getting me pissed off, even though I'm enjoying the fact that you're a heel. I literally want somebody to knock out Johnny Gargano. Please, folks, watch NXT and hear how he introduces Candice LeRae. It sounds like the dude you go to high school with that's so annoying during English class or you just want to sock him in the jaw. Honestly, he is that annoying as a heel, and he's doing a good job. Of that so that I'm giving a compliment more than anything right now. <laughs> um, that, and we've talked about this before. If that means you're doing your job, like if people right. <laughs> don't like you as a heel, then that means that again, look at the um. Well, anyways, look at you know heels over the years. I was going to say Roman Reigns, but he's not a heel. That's just a whole different argument altogether. But right. um, but no, I agree with you. That, that means you're doing your job, and that's great. Um, we had two interim cruiserweight uh, Tiles tournament matches last night. By the way, it was great to hear Morrow and Beth back on commentary yeah. this week. So uh, they had, they added a little different twist. Brother Carter, I know you are an NFL fan. Uh, they kind of had Tom Phillips playing the role of Evan Washburn. Do you know who he is? The sideline reporter for CBS. I've heard the name. Um, so basically, they had like. Uh, Tom Fields doing the Michelle Tafoya role where she mm-hmm. had little tidbits on the sideline of what's oh, going okay. on. I thought yeah. it was a, an interesting touch, actually, that that could work for the NXT brand. I, I, I never thought of that. Like, you have the play-by-play storytellers, story right? And then you have uh, Beth with color analysts, and Nigel does a great job, too. But have, like, the outside uh, perspective of somebody that's, like, around the ring to right. get their the tidbits there. I thought it was really good. Uh, if you get a chance to watch with NXT, just let me know how you felt about how that presentation goes. I will. I will. By the way, who is, um, and I should know this, who is announcing 205 Live now? Uh, they haven't aired any new recent episodes. Uh, they've just been kind of like, get, uh, the wrestlers have been airing some of the favorite matches that they watch as a kid and ones that they participated in. So, okay. so 205 Live's kind of been furloughed for now. Yeah, just like okay. NXT UK, my favorite WWE show. Damn it! Sorry, I'm sorry. Damn it! <laughs> Which I don't know. I mean, why couldn't they have NXT UK over there? If I, I know, but because they can't come here, but they could just have their own internal. Well, a lot of it is the fact that William Regal and Shawn Michaels produced that show, and oh. they're, they're in Florida. They can't go out to. London and there's travel restrictions and there's just a lot of things with the, what's going on in the world right now that doesn't make sense. But um, okay, hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel here of this pandemic. So right. okay, um, I just wasn't sure what what yeah. why they could okay. Um, because didn't I think I saw in some highlights Imperium is still in the United States, aren't they? Yeah, I saw that. 
I saw that. I guess they stood over. So that's pretty cool. Uh, they <laughs> they had this pretty funny segment last night with uh, Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher where they uh, played the newly brawl game where they uh, – basically they're pointing fun at the folks that criticized WWE for putting random people together as a tag team. So they just ask each other questions and trying to get to know each other. It was really funny, man. Dude, I like Matt Riddle. I, Matt, I, I think he's Matt, hilarious. Matt Riddle is WWE. He just <laughs> fits <laughs> what – that company is uh bro bro <laughs> and of course we have the perfect game game show host byron saxton <laughs> and his gleeful charm <laughs> dude i gotta tell you saxton is as is, is much as we like to give saxton a hard time he's been great in this pandemic hey, you remember when adam called you saxton <laughs> yes <laughs> Didn't he call himself Corey Graves and you were Michael Cole and he called me Saxton? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Like, I am the butt of everyone's jokes. I understand that. Uh, uh, I don't know if I want to be Michael Cole, but, um, you know, I- I'm not going to rip Michael Cole's name. Uh, hey, um, he's been the voice of WWE for 20 years. I mean. No, he's done an amazing job, though. Absolutely. He's been uh, great. Though the, I still think that time when he was trying to be a heel commentator was kind of a bleak moment in his career. <laughs> oh, he is undefeated at WrestleMania. I'm just saying he is undefeated at WrestleMania. Yeah, by shenanigans. Hey, <laughs> they don't ask how, Josh. They don't ask how in the record books. It's something I'd like to forget that 35 minutes of a WrestleMania went to Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler. <laughs> That's insane. But um, anyways, I don't know how CM Punk and Rainer was wasn't the semi-main event of that show. But um, um, going back to NXT, uh, we found out that Johnny Gargano is taking on Dominic Dijakovic next week. This could be a great match. NXT is loaded next week. Not only do we have that match, we have the um, – we got Adam Cole versus the Velveteen Dream coming up next week. And we also have Charlotte against Io Shirai. Let's give a shout-out to the, the Queen because she uh, had a pretty good match uh, last night with me and Yim. Uh, woo! Woo! Yes. Big great. And me and Yim bowed down to the Queen, so that was pretty cool. They all bow down to the Queen, Josh. They all bow down to the Queen. Is she? <laughs> is she the Michael Jordan of women's wrestling? Mm. Mm. I I don't it might be too early to tell, but it be. it's too early to tell. But she's she is gonna be she's gonna go down as one of the greatest female wrestlers of all time. And rightfully so. Not just because she's Ric Flair's daughter, but because she is very talented in the ring. She's got a great look. She's great as both a face and a heel. Right. She's the total package. In the words of Triple H, she's just that damn good. She is that damn good. And it's I'm all in on the queen. She's she's gonna be the constant for WWE throughout the though I was gonna say I've been reading recently that Vince McMahon, pal, has been very happy with Asuka as of late, which how could you not be? She is phenomenal. She's outstanding. (laughs) God, Asuka is outstanding. Uh, I, I found it funny how everybody's like, oh, no, I hope somebody doesn't get injured in this triple threat match for Monday. Remember? <laughs> oh, man. But I, on paper, that looked like a great match. I was actually like, 
I would actually be looking forward to seeing that. I, uh, Oscar, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler. I think if given the right time, like at a WrestleMania or something like that, that could be a great match. Yeah, that would be a really good pay-per-view match. I agree. Yeah. Um, Let him go. You know, uh, last night we had Keith Lee against Damian Priest, um, or uh, Roman Reigns' cousin, as I like to call him. <laughs> they had a they had a backstage vignette of it. Looks just like Roman. <laughs> so anybody that's missing Roman, go check out Damian Priest. Um, they had a really good match last night for um, NXT. They did this spot literally. They were fighting outside the ring uh, on the other side of the guardrail. Brody Carter literally Keith Lee throws them from. Uh, from the other side of the guardrail into the edge of the ring frame. Oh, and wow. This, this dude is freaking tall with long-ass legs, and he's throwing them like a little baby into the re- <laughs> ring frame. Okay, I might have to go back and watch NXT just for that, because that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, they had a really good match last night. Uh, Keith Lee gets the dub, and still your NXT North American champion. I like Keith Lee. The, the few times I've gotten to see him, I like Keith Lee a lot. And the long wait is over. Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux arrive next week. Yes. Talk. Dude. Shout out to my buddy uh, Dusty uh, Dusty Dave, Indy Dusty Dave on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a podcast with a good brother, Jeff Pamacho, um, who was on here a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jeff DFDC. Uh, they have a show called The Crossroads. Um Dave is a big fan of Killer Cross and just a big fan of Cody Rhodes. So you cool. get a little tired right there. So. Oh, by the way, uh, real quick, um, and I, and I want to go back to AEW for just a moment because I am really looking forward to next week's show, uh, the tag match that's going to close the show. Kenny Omega and Broken Matt Hardy, yes, taking on the sex gods, Le Champion and Sammy Guevara. That's, I, I, that's going to be great. I cannot wait for that. The false god. <laughs> I just love how Broken Matt Hardy questions if Sammy Guevara is even Latino. <laughs> you that's a Puerto Rican, I guess. Like that. So, I'm uh, looking forward to that. And then I also, um, I, I don't know if we are anything else you want to say about NXT or are we going to go on to the next thing? Um, let's see what anything that stood out. Um, it was nice. Speaking of good waterfall, um, Vanilla Wafers waterfall. That would be uh, Casey Catanzaro. Very nice. Yeah. On the show yesterday, um, <laughs> Vanilla Wafers. I haven't had those in a while, actually. Those well, are- I haven't either. I might have to go pick some up today. Wearing my mask, of course. Well, they're yeah, they're kind of like in like an old like cereal box. You know what I'm talking about, right? Small vanilla wafers. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. those are good. Yeah, for sure. And Kate is really good. She had a pretty good match with the Cancerie last night as well. So uh, really good shows from Dynamite and NXT last night. We'll talk more about it next week. It looks like uh, AEW is going live in Jacksonville uh, next cool. week. When are going to bring out the dumb Jaguar? <laughs> That's why I went. <laughs> Don't give him any ideas. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Real quick, I want to say, and I didn't have a chance to talk about this when we were talking about WWE. I also want I really like how WWE is taking this opportunity to finally give some superstars a chance to to maximize their talent. And, and the two that come to mind for me is Apollo Crews right? and Dana Brooke. I'm yes. so happy that Dana Brooke is finally getting her chance. She has been, I've always said for a long time, Dana Brooke 
has the she has the talent. I think she's good in the ring. I think she has a good look. She has a good build. Right. Um, she can be good on the mic. Like she can play any role. So I'm glad she's finally getting her chance. And I and I hope that she does something with it. I really do. I think that it's going to be absolutely terrific what they're doing with her. So I really hope that we see more of those two going forward. So I'm just I'm really happy about that. I just right. wanted to say that. You know, I'm I'm really hoping that Tamina beats Bailey at Money in the Bank. I'm looking forward to that. I should see how that goes now. We'll get we'll, we'll talk about that next week. But um, mm-hmm. uh, before we head out for this week's show, we got a couple things we need to get out of the way really quick. Yep. Let's start with some sports, actually. Sure. Uh, really quick, let's let's give our thoughts real quick of what we've seen so far from the last dance. We're four episodes in, mm-hmm. and um. Feels like time goes way too fast while watching these. <laughs> That's how good this documentary been so far. So, um, taking the Chicago out of me first, so let's go from the outside perspective. You were fortunate enough to actually live through this experience of the '90s Bulls. I was literally an infant during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what what was your takeaways from it? Uh, maybe some things maybe you didn't know. About- about what happened back then with the Bulls and uh, what you've liked so far from the series so far? Well, I will say that in the 90s eras, um, I was growing up in Canada, and that's a, that's a you know, unknown fact that I am, you know, being Canadian, you know, the butt of everybody's jokes, the loft above a really great party. But uh, <laughs> Canada's just the loft above a really great party. Um, but I actually, so, you know, and I grew up in a very small town, like 7,000 person town in, Kim, in Canada. So we knew who the Bulls were. But we didn't really get very many Bulls games because there was no, you know, just the Vancouver Grizzlies and the Toronto Raptors were just starting to become a new existence when I was a kid. So we didn't really know much about basketball then. But I I knew who Jordan was and all that sort of good stuff. But like I said, I knew who him and Pippen and Rodzilla were. So I knew that they were obviously great basketball players. So, But I never really appreciated what they could do until now. I mean, and I, and of course there's been, you know, for years, everyone said, yeah, Jordan is the goat. Jordan is the goat. Well, maybe it's LeBron James. Maybe it's LeBron James. But now that I see what Jordan could do, I, there's no comparison. No. There's no comparison between MJ and LeBron. And Le, and that's not a dig at LeBron. Like LeBron is, you know, he's eventually, I think, going to be on the Mount Rushmore of basketball, or at least he's going to be in the conversation once his career is over. But um, I mean, there's just no comparison. MJ being the greatest of all time. I had no idea. You know, it's this. What happened to the Bulls is just further proof of, you know, all great dynasties crumble from within. And, you know, for all of Jerry Krause's good things that he did, because what I like about this documentary is they they play Jerry Krause to be the heel, the bad guy that brought down the faction. But they also give him his prop because they're like they were. He was able to sign Scottie Pippen. He was able to sign Dennis Rodman, even though he wasn't sure about it. He brought in Phil Jackson originally. Like right. he put all the pieces of the puzzle together. But you know, for, for whatever reason, like him, he just had the the little man syndrome, and you know, said, "Well, they can't do this without me." Blah 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 blah. And it led to Phil Jackson leaving, and then all that stuff. Anything, but. Um, and I knew Rodzilla was was a little bit nutty, but I didn't realize that he had asked for 48 hours off and just went and – but then when he came back, it was just like nothing had happened. And he was like, yeah, that's cool. So uh, I, I, it, it's just been incredibly – it's been unbelievable to watch them put this thing together. It's just been amazing. You know, the, 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 the ESPN 
is some of the best in the business at putting these documentaries together. ESPN is some of the best in the business for putting these documentaries together. It's just incredible. So I've enjoyed every, every minute of it. And I can't wait for next Sunday. I haven't seen my dad in about like a month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. A lockdowns went down. So I got to ask him if he ever brought me to Bulls game if I was like a baby during that time period. I got to ask him. Uh, we have a lot of bunch, a bunch of uh, Bulls memorabilia here at the house here and over there as well. I got this pretty cool uh, uh, red chair where I used to record this show at, at my dad's house, where it's uh, Bulls uh, six championships on the chair. I'll, I'll post it out on Twitter someday or something like that for like a throwback pick, but it's pretty cool. Um, you know, for me, just getting to understand kind of like the dynamic and seeing how interesting the media coverage from then is still kind of similar to today where, um, you know, as opposed to back then when Rodman and all those other guys didn't really care about what the reporters would say, I kind of hope I would hope that the current players in Chicago would not be afraid to speak speak up for themselves, even though they're talking in a public element. Not that you have to conduct yourself like a jag bag, but if you have a beat reporter that's putting words in your mouth and questioning your character on air while they do these radio hits, I think you have the right to defend yourself. You know. It, yeah, is it a requirement to speak to the media as a professional athlete? Sure. But there needs to come with respect, too. You know, you're going to come and cover me every day as an athlete, and then you're going to go behind my back and talk shit about me on air on a radio station, and then you're going to get upset when I don't give you a good answer for a question the following day? Right. It's not that you have to be salty, but I think uh, a lot – Speaking, just speaking of the Chicago media, I think this city gets away too much with character assassination. And Mitch Trubisky is example 1A with that because people like to just throw days at the dude, yet never have the opportunity to talk with the dude as a person. And anytime you hear anything from teammates, awesome guy, best teammate on the team, leader, everything you want on the quarterback. But you listen to radio stations and you act, it's like the complete opposite. And it's just, I, what I get offended by is just the personal shots that radio hosts and newspaper are, uh, news columnists take at these players, yet they will never say it to the athlete's face. That's, that's, that's just something I don't have any respect for. But, you know, Shout out to whoever decided to put the songs in these uh, last dance uh, episodes so far. It's been fantastic. The soundtrack will probably win a um, Oscar or something like that down the road, which would be pretty cool. But I just wanted to say, um, you know, <laughs> shout out to them for playing the big pun Joe song. I'm still a player. Uh, I think B-Rock showed me that song before. That song's really good. Um and, uh, I will say, uh, also, Josh, I wanted to say, props to ESPN for airing this two months early because they were going to do this during the summer. I know. And I think well, that's awesome. I think well, wasn't it going to be after the finals or something like that? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And maybe we'll get some extra content after uh, these episodes air. Maybe if you get a longer form version of it on Netflix or something like that. But um, um, what was I going to say? Um, you know, 
uh, speaking of waterfall, man, uh, carbon electric, this doesn't age at all. <laughs> Damn, I know. Holy cow. I, I, I did get a good laugh out of the uh, fact that Dennis Robinson said he needed a vacation <laughs> for 48 hours. Yeah. Michael Jordan literally dragged him out of his hotel room, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh-huh. Um, the Dennis Robinson SO is insane. Um, uh, a big topic in radio this week has been kind of the pettiness over the Detroit Pistons for not shaking the Bulls' hands after the series. I know that was a big uh, topic to broach during that show. Yep. And then also, last thing I wanted to mention here for the last dance, the um, this, the little part of it at the end where they're like, <laughs> hey, don't forget, Jerry Krause still has stuff up his sleeve as far as uh, – you, you, you saw that episode four, right? They had this little snippet about Jerry Krause is still uh, persistent about getting rid of Phil Jackson and everybody. I'm like, man, <laughs> like it's been since literally 1998 since we've been in the NBA finals or won a championship. And obviously Krause is no longer with us. Uh, the Bulls have been making a lot of sweeping changes in the front office, which has been good to see. But Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> I don't know why he was so dead set on thinking that a rebuild and winning on his terms was actually going to accomplish anything. When <laughs> you, you got lucky that you get, were able to draft Michael Jordan in the first place. <laughs> so I don't know. I think he just wanted to prove he was just one of those guys that had wanted to prove that he could do it. He could recreate it just to prove that it. Well, it wasn't them. It was me. You know, he had like he said, he had the little man syndrome. He had the. You know, he didn't want to do it for the team. He, he His ego wouldn't let it do it for the team. His ego said, I have to do this for myself. All right, let's 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 wrap this up with two two things of fun here. All right. There's a new segment here. It's called, what's best, what's best for business with the director of operations, Brett Carter. The floor is yours. Thank you, Josh, and thank you uh, all for for the opportunity to to host this this brand new segment here. Um, I know that we love the thoughts of Derrico, and that the thoughts of Derrico is without a doubt the most crucial part of the Hoots podcast every week. But however, we may have a new, more crucial segment, uh, <laughs> which is of course the uh, the best for business segment. And Josh, what I believe, you know, and one of the things we can do to talk about is fantasy booking. Yes. But fantasy booking does not have to necessarily be for wrestlers. Fantasy booking could take place for people in the wrestling media. (laughs) And there are two particular people in general who I believe deserve to be given. And I'm going to kind of segue my initial one to pass it off to you. But I believe there are two people in the wrestling media that deserve to be given Whatever finishing move you feel to be the most effective. And I, what I like about this is I want it to be interactive. Okay. I want the best for business segment to be interactive. So whatever finishing move, the first one that thought to, came to my mind was the Stone Cold Stunner. To have a people get hit with the Stunner. If you thought that moves such as the F5 or the Kimura Lock or, or the, the F10. Or the what? The F10. The F10. <laughs> whatever <laughs> Um, whatever you feel, two members of the wrestling media deserve it. And so for what I think would be best for business this week is this for these two nimrods named Brian Alvarez and Sean Ross Sapp to be given these finishing maneuvers because of their idiotic, moronic, 
absolutely acid 12 comments about <laughs> professional wrestling and the state of we of what everything is they should be given i'm going to say stunners the crowd would pop and i believe that would be best for business josh would you care to elaborate yes i would like to elaborate on that uh i think uh there's a special place that Brian Alvarez and Mr. Sapp should visit. It's a place that most people should visit, um, especially in the White House. Oh, I thought you were talking about a list, but anyways, go ahead. <laughs> they could they could be on the list. No because, no, because, again, sometimes being on the list of Derrico is a good thing. That's a good point. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a pride, you know, it's a, it's a pride thing. And then you have other people on the list that just uh, are shitty people, but um, that's another uh, a whole different list. Go ahead. You, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, there's a place in the Hardy compound, and it's known as the Lake of Reincarnation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I believe Brian Alvarez and Sean Rossap with their passive-aggressive selves Belong in the lake of reincarnation. Yes. <laughs> so th- there you go. That's a little fun right there. What's best uh, for business with well, Brother Carter? More with that next week. But I just wanted to. We, you and I were talking about that. We thought that'd be a great way to uh, to uh, the bang man. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing we'll get here. The questions we've been uh, posting at the beginning of the show. We'll take these questions in the review section. You could. Uh, Comment there if you like. Uh, you can. I, would. I, I I do have an answer, Josh. I do have an answer. We we you could send your responses on um, the YouTube channel if you want, or you can even uh, tweet me or Derek on Twitter. Yep. On whose podcast? At Derek Stout. Derek Stout. So let's know who do you think is Mister Money in the Bank, and that'll be the title of our podcast this week. Okay, who do you All think right. is Mister? Money in the bank. Brother Carter, please go ahead. You'll be first. Josh, as a member of the I'm not really a member of the wrestling media, but as a member of the the, the Hoots podcast brand. Yes. I try to be as fair and respectful mm-hmm. and put my own personal feelings aside for the betterment <laughs> of journalism. Right. And as much as it pains me to say this. Please do. <laughs> in doing my research, Mr. Money in the Bank is CM Punk. He, Mr. Money in the Bank is CM Punk. And here's why. CM Punk is the only Money in the Bank participant to win it back-to-back multiple years. Back-to-back in multiple years. He's the only person to get that done. So that's number right. one. My Stephen A. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> CM Punk's second cash-in was against Jeff Hardy when CM Punk was a face, ultimately turning CM Punk heel in the process. And what that led to was CM Punk's brand growing further and further than it ever had been and him mm-hmm. starting to expose expose the business, but starting to pull the curtain back ever so slightly on the business and challenge the authority again and really 
start to put doubt in the minds of the fans of what we're doing here. And, you know, you know, cause that led to his more heel moves, you know, his cutting of his hair right. that led to eventually him, you know, joining or taking over the Nexus. Eventually that led to him challenging the authority and cutting the pipe bomb promo and all that stuff that started when the fans turned on him after he cashed in the second money in the bank. So I think because of those two things, I would say that CM Punk is Mr. Money in the Bank. You know what? I'm proud of you, Brad Carter. Thank I know you. how much that had to bring that out of you to uh, to reveal that, man. I appreciate and, that. But <laughs> I give credit where credit is due. And okay. that's that's what we have to do. To, to main integrity as a journalist, that's what you have. You have to give credit where credit is due. Hey, here's a compliment. At least you're not Colin Cowherd, so. Well, thank you. <laughs> With, I would say, um, a couple, if, if you want to do some runner-ups, I'm going to throw Edge in there because Edge was not only the first Money in the Bank winner, but he actually started the whole cashing in at an opportune moment. And when he when he cashed that in, that really launched his career, gave him his first WWE championship, and he just went off from there. So I would put Edge as a close second. And I, though he never won it, honorable mention is going to go to Jericho because he came up with the concept of Money in the Bank. Okay. So, so, but but to me, it's Punk. I'm going to go with CM Punk too. Um, notwithstanding anything you just said about the two cash-ins and him having the most uh, briefcases so far, but the standard of Excellent WWE title matches at Money in the Bank pay-per-view solely. Mm. The standard bearer is the one with CM Punk and John Cena. Absolutely. And a lot of people still say that Money in the Bank 2011 is still one of the best WWE pay-per-views in the last 10 years. Um, I'm very fortunate enough for the fact that I was able to attend that show. And, um, you know, you have your moments where you're like, man, this is what I got to do for a living. Being in that environment for CM Punk and John Cena, I was like, that's it. I want to be at ringside. This is what I want to do for a living. And um, CM Punk is Mr. Money in the Bank. The fact that he has the most wins, the fact that he had the best match in the history of Money in the Bank that wasn't even a Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, I don't think there's much else that needs to be said about that. Um you know, you had a babyface reaction when he first cashed in, and the impact he has as a straight edge character coming out of that second cash in is just really remarkable in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, CM Punk definitely is Mr. Money to Bank to me. I got some responses yesterday when I put that question out on Twitter. That some people said Edge, and that, that's definitely a valid reason. And when I was thinking about this, Mr. Money to Bank. Obviously, you can answer it a lot of ways. You can just look at who won the most Money in the Bank matches. But I like to look at it from a contextual point of view. Who's been the best performer, whether it's Money in the Bank ladder matches or Money in the Bank pay-per-views? And I just think CM Punk beats out the rest. I mean, you could add a Shelton Benjamin to the list. Uh, you could say – maybe you could say Seth Rollins because maybe he had the greatest cash-in of all time. You know? Sure. Um so I think for me, CM Punk is definitely Mr. Mind Bank. But I, I'm definitely he- curious to hear your guys' responses. Do you think it's CM Punk? Do you think it's Edge? 
Uh, does Shelton Benjamin deserve a spot on the honorable mention list just for his spots he's done in the match and maybe because he's in the been, been in the most of them or Christian? Um, you know, there, there's a lot of options there, but I, uh, I think you have to take wins into consideration. You have to take wins into consideration for money in the bank. You could put Daniel Bryan or, um, I wouldn't say Rain- – maybe I could say Rainier because they had that big spot at SummerSlam with him and Triple H, and that's when the authority started. Maybe you could put that as an equation, but, um, yeah, definitely. I'll be biased. I'll go with the hometown guy. <laughs> I'll go with CM Punk, so he's Mr. Money of the Bank. But with that said, we're going to put a ribbon on the boat on this week's edition of the Who's Podcast, uh, ready to rock and roll for the rest of our weekend. Uh, pretty fun show next week because next week is my birthday. Hey! That's going to be great. Yeah, next week I'm turning 26 on Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun. May 7th, uh, same birthday as Kevin Owens as well. Uh, shout out to KL. And uh, we're going to have a fun show next week. Obviously, we'll, we'll have some fun cracking jokes about the birthday stuff. But, hey, next week we're making predictions. Yes. For money, for money in the bank, uh, as it is uh, a week from this Sunday, and I'm really looking forward to this concept and how this is going to work at the headquarters. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be awesome. I think the matches are already taped already, but that uh, that's what we'll get to uh, as the weeks go by. But um, for Brother Carter, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Derek Stein. I'm on Twitter at the Who's Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Joshie Lopez94. That's J O S H I E. Lopez94. Also, check me out at Josh Lopez Music. Speaking of music, I made a promise to Brett Carter that I was going to right. uh, I'm going to mute the mic, and I'm going to pull out something really quick for the end of the show. All right. Okay. Well, as Josh is getting ready to do that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 203 of the Hoots Podcast. As Josh said, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Derek Stoughton. Be sure to follow all of Josh's stuff. Be sure to uh, check out Josh's pro wrestling transcriptions. He always does a great job with that. And it looks like the, the man is back. So, Brother Adam, the floor is yours. I want to thank Brother Carter for the plugs. Like I said, make sure to check out ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Last thing, subscribe, folks. Tell us what you think about the podcast, positive or negative. Leave us a four- or five-star review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Who's Podcast. By the way, go check out Tuesday with John Hood. He's the man. So, here we go. For Brother Carter. I'm Joshy. We'll be back here next week for the birthday episode of the Hoots Podcast. And I'm going to play a couple chords here from Bray Wyatt's original theme song. Here we go. you guys. We'll talk to you all next week.